everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And with us today, we have a special guest. Um, we have Kate Beckett with us. Say hi, Kate. Hello. So Kate is one of our listeners and she follows us on um, some of our social medias, Instagram and Facebook. And um, she has a name that you would recognize. We were just talk- so, you know, full disclosure: we did like half the show. Uh, you know, one fourth of the show. Right, we got one fourth of the show, then we realized we weren't recording. So uh, we're, you know, it's just full disclosure. Y'all know that we're a mess usually, um, and this happens frequently. But anyway, so. Um, yeah, Kate Beckett has, she was telling us she has a name that's easily recognizable to some of you out there um, from the TV show Castle. And I was asking yes. if she often gets comments on that. And what, what did you tell me? Uh, I said it depends. Um, for myself, I'm a huge uh, murder mystery police procedural person. Uh, so if a lot of our viewers are, then they will recognize the name that I share with the character on Castle Detective, uh, Kate Beckett. But if you're not that kind of person that watches those shows, then you may not uh, know them. But I think it's a very well-known name, even if you're not in that circle. I was just at the doctor's office and my the receptionist like gave me this look like, why do I recognize your name? <laughs> Maybe because it's the same name as a certain detective on a tv show all right (laughs) (laughs) um okay so before we we well first of all i forgot to say this is episode 133 of podcast and death and in this episode we're going to be talking about love languages of the different characters um in the series uh it, yeah, so I was thinking this morning that, yeah, it, it is really an interesting topic and not one that most people would bring up in regards to this uh, book series. So I just wondered, you know, how you came up with the idea of doing a, a show on this. Um, I will say that my background, uh, I did go to schools for psychology. So uh, every I basically approach everything. I psychoanalyze everything. Um, uh, my degree was actually in screenwriting and I did my minor in psychology. So, um, I, I psychoanalyze even the characters that I create or the characters that I read in a book, watch in a TV show. Um, and the idea came to me, I was talking with my best friend, Cassie on FaceTime and telling her about the books. And I said, you know what? I think Rourke's love language is, uh, words of encouragement, and then I thought, I think that would be a great topic for the podcast. Right. And here we are. Here we are. Were you able to explain to people what the love languages are? Yeah. If, like you did before? Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the five love languages um, were a concept developed by Dr. Gary Chapman in his book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret uh, to love that lasts. And I forgot to turn my notifications off. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so those five love languages that he developed are one, words of affirmation. I also refer to it as words of encouragement. Two, quality time. Three, receiving gifts. I also refer to it as gift giving. And four is acts of service. And then five is physical touch. And for myself, I view love languages as um, one that you like to receive and one that you like to give. You can have one that you like to receive and one that you like to give or multiple. I don't think we should put anyone in a box, limit anybody. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that <clears throat> I had heard of love languages before, but I never really, I was just like, Oh, that sounds nice. People would be like, oh, my love language is gift giving. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I never really got a full explanation or actually like tried to understand it. That's, you know, on me. But I was just curious um, if because I'm sure I'm not the only one who was like, I don't know what that is really. Yeah, Yeah, it's an interesting concept. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm like Tara. I, I, I kind of peripherally knew what love languages were, what they meant, but really never paid much attention so yeah um so yeah do we want to go ahead and um go through the characters what you think their love languages are and then as we go along we'll give our opinions yeah absolutely what we think yeah i would love for y'all to chime in okay Um, so we'll start with our main character uh lieutenant dallas and i had written down um, for both receive and give, that her love language was physical touch. Right. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, like, so with Rourke, yeah. But with everybody else, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, I don't. Yeah. That's a very good point. And, I, and I'll express that when I was coming up with Eve's, I was mainly thinking about in the realm of her relationship with Rourke. <laughs> And not with everyone else, which I don't know why I didn't do it (laughs) with everyone else. Um, But I think it's because even though she is the main character of the series, she is a hard character to understand. Right. And she's not forthcoming, like Tara was saying, where she's like, my love language is gift giving. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's not open like that. And so she's like, what the right. fuck is the love language? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> could you like could you imagine even a conversation where we're like like I could because you could just see Peabody just going off on a thing where like my love language is and you would be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how Eve would approach the idea of love languages. Because oh, yeah. that's our yeah, Eve would definitely say that her love language was kicking ass. Or yes. sarcasm. I mean, or sarcasm. Or sarcasm. <laughs> well, uh, sarcasm, which is words, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, maybe that. I guess is... you could count ass kicking as physical touch. I mean, true. <laughs> 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 that is true. You're right. Am I wrong? There it is. No, no, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. At least one of you. <laughs> and that is why Chin is my favorite host. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but here's the thing though i mean yeah 
with with Rourke, absolutely, that touches her love language. And my hesitation to that was that she's not really a touchy-feely person with anyone else. But, like, for example, if you think of the times that she's been with, like, Dennis Mira, mm-hmm. and um, he he's very physical, and mm-hmm. he will, like, hug her, put his arm around her, and she always reacts to that very emotionally. Mm-hmm. Anytime he does that. So, so maybe it, maybe, maybe it is touch and she just doesn't get a lot of it because she doesn't encourage a lot of it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. And, and that, that is why I chose physical touch for her. And I think that I haven't done my whole like sit down and psychoanalyze research her entire life background trauma but i think there is something to read into how how physical touch affects her how she relates to it in regards to her childhood and Mm -hmm. the trauma that she experienced yeah Um, and that's why she kicks ass as well she that's (laughs) how she learned to show love right i mean yeah so, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally think that her, her responses to anyone touching her and maybe her being standoffish is and just due to the fact that it, she knows in subconsciously how she will respond and she doesn't want to, she doesn't, she hasn't wanted mm-hmm. to open up to him. So she avoids that. Yes. Yes. I think it's definitely something that she's working through on her healing journey. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can think of all the times that Peabody wants to hug her and she's like, if you hug me, there'll be a boot up your ass. And it's, it's more of a protective, it's an armor thing. And she is very open and vulnerable with Peabody, with Feeny. She just, with Mira, with, she has different levels. And so I think that's why she allows, okay, Peabody, you can hug me because I gave you the magic coat. Mm-hmm. Okay, I allow Dennis Mira to touch me because I know he's a safe person. She knows Peabody's right. a safe person as well, but she's she's doing it. She is standoffish when it comes to physical touch. I think more for protecting the other than protecting herself. And that's why I also think that she's not confident in the other love languages such as words of affirmation because she's still struggling with feeling that she's going to become a monster like Richard Troy was. What I will say to that, because I um, am not an expert on any of this, um, but I agree that she definitely would struggle. Um, She struggles with the confidence of words of affirmation. I don't think she actually struggles with words of affirmation. I think that she oftentimes says exactly the right thing, which is another way that she does share her love. Um, And I think that that's another another layer to Eve. And I know that you were saying we're not putting people in boxes. I think that there's definitely like a, like a a branch of that where she's, she'll say exactly the right thing. And it is a hundred percent because she loves that person. Yeah. Right. She just, if Peabody came up to her and was like, words of affirmation is your love language. She'd be like, what are you? Nope. No. Yeah. No. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? I rescind that statement. I do not right. accept it. You're <laughs> speaking gobbledygook. <laughs> right. Right. It's woo-woo. Yes. And, and you know, Sorry, she would probably, 
say that her love language is kicking ass. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Um, and while, while we were talking about this, another scene popped into my head as far as touch is concerned for Eve. And that is in um, purity. When Feeney was being, you know, mm. held captive by Kevin Holloway and she went in and one of the first things she did was to touch him. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, is it in that same book or later on when McNabb gets yeah, it's uh, in that shot? Same book. It's in that I same mean, book. Okay. It's in that same scene. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Right. But later on when he came into the room and he had a cane and he was walking. Oh, right. Yeah. Again, first thing she did was to, to put her hand on Feeney. So, you know, yeah, maybe that is what it is. Yeah. For her. So what about Rourke? Rourke, um, we y'all can help me with his receive, but like I said, I had said, um, I came to the conclusion that his love language that he likes to give is words of encouragement. He always has the right words to say to whoever he's talking to. I, mm-hmm. I relate so much to Peabody, so I like put myself in her whenever I'm reading the books, and so those scenes that kind of camaraderie relationship with Rourke and Peabody um, are like very personable to me. And so I, I like just put myself in Peabody. I'm like, yes, Rourke, you're speaking to me. (laughs) (laughs) When he just says, he always has the right words to say. And, and I think, you know, with the little that we do know about Rourke and his background, when he found that book of that book of poems by Yeats that like changed his world view. And I think that that has that there's something to be said about words and how important they are to him. Mm -hmm. And so he, he gives words to other people. Yeah. There is that, um, that scene in, um, why can't I think of immortal where, no, it's not immortal. It's a rapture where um, they were going to have the party for uh, <clears throat> Mavis and Eve was telling him about it. And she also said, you know, oh, and by the way, you're, you're going to do a, a number with her. We have a costume for you and blah, blah. And he's all scared about that. And and then she just spontaneously says to him, I love you because, you know, just because of how he reacted to that. She thought it was so funny, but she said, I love you. And, and he turned around and he was very like, you never say it. Like it, it really moved him more than anything else, you know? Yeah. You can also look at maybe, um, in, um, portrait when he went back to Ireland, talked to his aunt Mm -hmm. and, you know, what, what moved him the most was her words to him. As far as, you know, um, him having his mother's eyes, you know, and yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I think you're right for both giving and receiving. Obviously, it, it's words for Rourke. Oh, yeah. Although he's really good at gifts also. He is oh, good yeah. at gift giving. But he doesn't want, he doesn't need anything or want anything for himself. So that's hard to say like his, 
his own personal would be gifts because who gives him gifts? Nobody, because he doesn't need anything, right? Well, I think for him, the gifts that he wants are the random I love I love yous that yes. Eve gives yeah. to him. Um, but I think also, and I really appreciate what you said, AJ, um, about him being a both as well of words of affirmation, giving and receiving. Mm. But I think what's really great about Rourke is that he he's very intuitive. And so he can yeah. read into other people and know, like, because mm-hmm. Eve isn't going to come out and say, my love language is physical touch. He knows what she needs to receive. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that he he knows that not just for her, but for other people who are important to him in his life. Right. Agreed. Which the, can then lead us to Peabody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for her, stalwart Peabody, I put that her love language to give is acts of service. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and her yep. love language to receive is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree with that. You get from Peabody the first time that you interact with her that she is ready to do whatever. The very first time you interact with her. Yeah. And here we are 50 plus books after meeting her. And that is still 100% the vibe she gives off. If you pick up the book, any book in the series for the first time, that is, if you get nothing else from her other than she's got a lot of energy that I would love to have. Um, she <laughs> is ready to do whatever is needed. She likes to give herself for service. Like that's, you know, like you said, she, what can I do? How can I do it? Whether the beginning it's, it's because it's her job and that's what she's expected to do. And Eve notices it, but just, I don't know. Overall, that's just, I think her, her major vibe and why she's a good cop, you know? Yeah. Right. She takes initiative. She doesn't wait for someone to give her a task. I can remember, and I'm not very good at knowing what book it came from, but I can remember a scene where she's like, I already already started the paperwork. You can go home, Eve, or something like that, where it's expected of her being the, having Eve as a superior that the paperwork, the droll of the job would land in her lap but she's she doesn't complain about it she's like already started it you know many times eve has to be like go home it'll be here tomorrow right right Mm -hmm. well and also like um you know when she gave eve that sweater that she knitted you know for christmas i mean you could technically say that well that's a gift but no it wasn't it was something that she made personally for eve yeah so it was more exactly. an act of service than a gift, really. So. Absolutely. It's even just like little things. Um, which book was it recently where they're over at like Mavis's and it might have been the most recent one and Peabody just without hesitation like handles, it's not the most recent one, but she without hesitation like handles Bella. She's like, you guys have to do this and I will just do what I can do to help without anyone being like, will you take the baby or anything like that? Well, and she does that on the scene too, a lot, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a child 
I'll handle this. Yeah. Right. Or even an overly emotional person or, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think what I love about Peabody in those instances is she knows she does take initiative in those moments, but she also knows that she's in a partnership with Eve. So very often right. they like lock eyes to be like, we good? We good? Okay. I'm going to go do my job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So who's and next? Then, well, oh. I was just going to say with receiving, we kind of mm-hmm. touched oh, okay. on this previously, but whenever, you know, even Peabody are in the car and Peabody's complaining about something and Eve finally comes out and says the right thing, even though she doesn't realize she's saying the right thing, it's exactly what Peabody needed to hear and she shuts up. And so right. it's those yeah. situations, you know, whenever Rourke comes to Peabody and says, you did a good job. If she was in yeah. a really big scuffle in a case, it's those things that she right. she needs to receive in order to go, okay. Yeah. I'm what, is, what what book is it when she does something and like Eve responds with you didn't screw up or whatever? And in 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 the the book it says like it was one of the greatest compliments Peabody had ever received. And because it came from Eve. Right. And I want to say that it was like it was like reunion or something. Or it was somewhere along the lines of before she became a detective. But yeah. there was something added right. onto the scene in which Nora had in in the in the actual book that it was the greatest compliment she'd ever received and anyone else who's not Peabody would be like that was hardly a compliment but right. like exactly. but Eve being really good at doing that without realizing it and Peabody knowing exactly that that's the kind of thing she needs I it's one of my favorite things right and I think mm-hmm. that one of the things that attracts her to McNabb is that he's always giving her compliments he's always complimenting mm-hmm. her you know, especially her, her looks or, you know, telling her that she's, she's attractive, even though she thinks she may, you know, have too big of an ass or whatever. And he's like, I'm fine with that. (laughs) But, you know, actually saying that continually to her. And and saying it sincerely. Right. You know, like he's very sincere. Yeah. He's with her. uh, We can go ahead and go with him because he, he's next. And Mm -hmm. I have, I actually have, I haven't decided on him for a love language that he likes to give. So I have words of affirmation and also physical touch. But since we're talking about words of affirmation, he is a wordy bastard. Yeah, he really is. Just who McNabb is. And I honestly think everything that comes out of his mouth is genuine. It has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if he is pulling, yanking someone's chain. Mainly, right. yes. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great. Oh, man. I just thought about um, obsession. Is it obsession where he kisses Eve? Oh, no. That's way earlier. That's purity, isn't it? Doesn't he kiss her it in is, purity? Yeah. It is. I thought it was in the bullpen that he, like, kisses well, her. That, no. Oh. That was Baxter. That was Baxter. Oh, it was Baxter. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, don't <laughs> hit me. <laughs> don't hit me. He always gets to do it. Yeah. Somebody had to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, you too. Yeah. 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 Those boys are similar. <laughs> they really are. They really are. 
But the love language that McNabb receives is physical touch. I'm confident in that one. And the scene that I think yeah. about is in Celebrity when uh, it's like the next morning after oh. they've discovered. Oh. Oh. I'm I, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to cry too. Oh, that scene. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> but he's quiet at the breakfast table and Peabody's trying to get words out of him of why he's so quiet. And she sits in his lap. And she knows that's what he needs. He needs physical contact. Right. Oh, yep. that scene yeah. is so precious. Oh, it's so precious. <laughs> and even, even early on in their relationship in Purity, when he is paralyzed, the scene where they're in the guest room at the mansion, um, and he's being a guy. Dumbass. Mm-hmm. Being a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, woe is me, go on without me, blah, 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 blah. She touches his thigh. She knows how to read him. Right. She knows what he needs. Yeah. Absolutely. Such a good scene, too. Yeah, (laughs) that that, that was really good. Next, I have Somerset. And your guys are going to have to help me with him. (laughs) um, With receiving. Because he's very similar to our Eve, where he's a hard character to read. Mm-hmm. Down, yeah. And oh, yeah. as I was going through, we're going to go back really quickly to McNabb. As I was going through each character and I put physical touch for both give and receive with McNabb. And I was like, oh, just like Dallas. And how I consider them, they, they look at each other like brother and sister. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Not that they like, oh, they're similar because they grew up together because they're brother and sister. But it's that situation where it's not necessarily that opposites attract, but it's like puzzle pieces. Even Uh McNabb, their puzzle pieces are so similar that they're not going to match up. But even Rourke, their puzzle pieces are different enough that they can match up. Peabody and McNabb, their puzzle pieces are different enough that they can match up. And that's why I think Peabody and Rourke have that sister brother relationship. Right. I mean, I can talk about how my mom has one older brother. I have, I just have sisters, so I don't know what this is like, but she has one older brother and she was like, I wanted to marry him. And so there is that, uh, that kind of I relationship. Brothers. I just wanted to kick their asses. Seriously. <laughs> but there is that kind of relationship. <laughs> think how he feels about McNabb. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, I love them dearly, but they're a pain in the ass. Uh-uh. They're, they're a pain in the ass. And they're, you know, a goofball. I mean, my older brother was like goofball. <laughs> so I admired him quite a bit though. I still do. Yeah. Yeah. I have an older cousin like that. We're still very close. I'm surrounded by ladies, so I'm yeah. completely like, what are what is the male species? You kept, kept texting me in the middle of church today to ask me what we were doing for Christmas dinner. I'm like, figure it out. I'm in church. I will talk to you later. He's like, no, no, we need to know. I'm like, go away. <laughs> Boys are dumb. Boys are dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good takeaway. Boys are dumb. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, they really are. Yeah. A nicer way to say it is goofballs. <laughs> you, yeah, won't get banned on yes. nice. you won't get banned off I'm social not, media if you say yeah. the goofballs. Both, <laughs> both of my brothers are goofballs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and in different ways, yeah. they're both like completely useless. Like you are my, my younger brother. I love him so much. <laughs> he is the nicest person you would ever want to meet in your life. I mean, he is so nice, but completely useless. He couldn't figure out how to get into my mom's house the other day. I was like, Tim, dude, come on. He's like, put an electronic (laughs) lock. I sent everybody the the key. He completely lost it. Didn't have it. Uh, You know, couldn't get it. Ringing the doorbell. I'm like, Tim, she can't get like, she can't get to the door. What are you doing? Like, you know, luckily for him, her worker was there. Open the door for him. But then later on, because I have a ring doorbell and it's in, it's like showing me. Then later on, he goes out in the evening to get them something to eat. And he comes back and my ring doorbell's like, somebody's at your door. And there's my brother with all this food trying to, and the worker's not there and he's ringing the doorbell. I'm like, Tim, mom can't get to the door. Find it. Figure it out. Dude, come on. You know, he finally went around to the back. What a ding dong. It's like, I sent you you the the combination, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know. Okay. I'll just but, give my so, my one anecdote of the one man in my life, my father, who I told I was doing this podcast at this time, and he's texting me, hey, do you want me to pick you up pie? Hey, do you need this from the store? I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not answering no. you. And I, ju- I literally just got a new phone this morning, so he's going to be like, is your phone working? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, and and oh, he, yes. w- he was like hey do you want to go run errands with me like I just want to spend some time with you and I'm like well it's 12 o'clock now I have <laughs> recording yeah. in an hour oh I guess not <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh, yeah Jeez, but funny, speaking yeah. of my dad let's talk about Somerset yeah. okay alright <laughs> who I don't, <laughs> nice I don't think is my dad at all um, right Fathers can be stern, like Somerset, but and but hard not. to read, like Somerset. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I do think that my dad's love language is acts of service, which I gave Somerset. I, yeah, yeah his is that. obviously yeah. acts of service. Yeah, to give. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what his is to receive. I think quality time. Mm, that is a very good point. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking of uh, Marlena and like his relationship with Marlena and how little we know about that. And like, what would he like to receive from the person who means the most to him? Who, right. unfortunately, yeah. he doesn't get to spend right. any time with any anymore. Right. I yeah yeah. I mean, I would. I think that if we were able to talk to Somerset like as he is today, when as we're reading him. That's what he would say if he if he had to go if he could go back. And he just wants you know, more time. He just wants more time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say too. That's a very good point. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that was easy. I thought it was going to be more difficult. <laughs> but no. speaking of speaking of how difficult it was for me to figure out Somerset. And also, his, both of his 
love languages to give and receive. I think that's where him and Eve rub shoulders of, of like, oh, he wants to spend quality time. Do I have to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Eve. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and while he does, like his, how he pro- or professes his love is acts of service. I think he is similar where he would like, he could also receive it. And she's like, mm-hmm. am I going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> you you can do it yourself. What I'm just gonna mess it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think it is really interesting to view the characters' relationship dynamics through their love languages and why yeah. they are the mm-hmm. way they are and how they interact well or not so well with each other. Yeah. yeah as reflection of their love languages. It reminds me of um, one of Jen's favorite scenes or one of her favorite lines. Which book was it, Jen, where was it in, in uh, Shadows where he, Eve or Rourke told him that he has to stay home and. <laughs> he wants to stay home and play Jen Rummy. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We'll, stay, we'll all stay home and play Jen Rummy. <laughs> right. And Which it was a sarcastic. It's in Shadows. Shadows. Oh. I'm only on secret, so. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Tell <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's I, funny. It's, it's a funny scene. Yeah. Yes. Y'all have talked about it enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even though it, it's a it's a sarcastic remark, I think it really is a reflection of what he really would like. Yeah. You well, know? and there's a scene in what is it? Oh shoot! Now I'm blanking. Where he wants them to sit down and eat dinner with him about because of something. And Rourke gets yes. pissed because Eve's like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And starts to walk upstairs and he is just it delusion. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe, yeah. It, yes, it is. It's delusion. And since you <laughs> said that, Jen, it, it also makes me think of, um, that was his main beef with Eve in, uh, in, uh, in a survivor. She wasn't spending enough oh, quality time right. with Nixie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's yep. his maybe that's his beef with Eve from the very beginning. She doesn't have yeah. a lot of quality time to spend with Rourke, uh, who yeah. he sees as his son. And maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of in his mind, you know, that shows him that she doesn't really care for Rourke. Right. She's not spending enough time with him. Because he sees it that yeah. way. She doesn't see it huh. that way at all. Yeah. And neither does mm-hmm. Rourke. I like that. Because okay. Rourke's love language to receive is not quality time. He's appreciative no. of it. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Eve's words yeah. mean more to him than watching right. the Avengers. Yeah. Right. Right. So we'll go ahead and flip a coin um, and go to Mavis. <sighs> Okay. From all right. From stick in the ass Somerset to party girl Mavis. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so we know that Somerset has a soft spot for Mavis, and yeah. I put her receive as quality time. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. if we think about how Somerset views Mavis and their relationship. You can mm-hmm. understand 
why there is a camaraderie mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause she goes over there to, to visit him even when Eve's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's often over there. Oh, I was just visiting mm-hmm. with Somerset. Like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Which is weird, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's not weird if you think about it in terms well, of their not, love languages. I know, but it's just like, why? Why? People because can have their love languages, Jen. Jen. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, I think, I, I do believe that Somerset views Mavis as the stand-in for Marlena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does view her yeah. as a daughter. Mm-hmm. Much yeah, more so than Eve. Which, yeah. Yeah. If we think about relationship dynamics. Yeah. That makes sense. She's more of his daughter-in-law than right. Mavis, but he dotes on her and loves on her like a daughter. And so yeah. it's like me and my dad watching Bones. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which we're watching right now. And I've yeah. seen a lot of similarities between Tim Prince Brennan and Eve Dallas, but that's another yes. topic. That's a whole other topic, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, it's interesting. It's, I don't know. It just this thought came in my head about, you know, um, everybody always thinks that the reason why Somerset didn't like Eve is because he wanted somebody else for Rourke and somebody like classier, uh, somebody, right. you know. But I really wonder if somebody more like but he wanted marlena for rourke kind of indicating that he thinks marlena would have grown up to be that kind of person that kind of very classy like you know woman that would deserve rourke but i'm wondering if maybe he really when he thinks about it and sees mavis if maybe he thought maybe he's thinking now like oh wait a minute no this is how she would have based on how she was as a kid. We don't know how she was as a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, but based on how she was as a kid, maybe Mavis is who he's thinking like, yeah, that's, this is who she would have grown up to be, which is why he's so mm-hmm. drawn to Mavis. Could be. I could be. Yeah. My two cents. And I think that's a very good point And basically what I, how I view the relationship, but my two cents is, along those same lines, AJ. And we can see that through how he raised Rourke. Rourke knows how to put on class. Right. And he learned that from Somerset. We don't know a lot about Somerset's background to know where he learned how to put on the air of class. Mm -hmm. But we know that Marlena could have learned that from Somerset because of how and who Rourke is today. But I think he also sees with how he has raised Rourke that, and, and Rourke is the kind of person that, and I think that's why he and Eve are a match made in heaven is they only receive what they want to receive from others. And so Mm -hmm. when Somerset was mentoring him, Rourke would be like, yes, I, I can see the value of this quality that you're teaching me, but I also right. am not going to give up my street rat ways unless you view it, if you, unless you represent it to me and present it to me in a different way where I'm like, oh, 
well, I'm still going to steal, but I'm not going to steal from the poor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm going to be like Robin Hood. <laughs> and so I think with how he has raised Rourke and lived with him and then gotten the opportunity to meet Mavis, I think he, he while he would have wanted when he had Marlena with him for her to have this class and air of elegance. I think what he's learned from Rourke and Mavis is she needs more freedom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. why he's a lot more accepting of Mavis and loving on her yeah. because mm-hmm. he can see the goodness of free will in a young woman who could have been his daughter. Right. Sure. I like that. Yeah. Now for Mavis's love language to receive, I put words of encouragement. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, she wants the words. She gives the words. She She wants the the time, but she gives the words. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she always has something to say, like, you're going to have to remind me what book it is. Is it Portrait, where she's like, you're going to either kick his ass, make love to him, or... She gives her gives Eve three things. Right, right. It, yeah, it is. You'll know what yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and and Eve is yeah. the one that goes to Mavis when she's like, "I don't know how to be a girl help." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I need words. Which I've said a million times. That's her best quality. Right. And before we move on, I just want to say, in the realm of. Somerset's disdain towards Eve, but his love towards Mavis. Mm -hmm. Both of Somerset and Mavis's gifts to receive are quality time. Mm -hmm. And Eve does not respect that at all. Right. She doesn't respect that to Somerset, but she respects that to Mavis. And so I think that further grinds Somerset's gears where he's like, oh, you give it to her, but not to me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And and she gives it to Rourke, but, you know, maybe not as much as Somerset would like, but, you know, as, as much as she can give. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but um, yeah, it's something that that's something that we talked about before, too, where, you know, when we had that whole, you know, Mavis is the Kool-Aid man thing you know yes. it's something that mavis needs so mavis just learned to take it from eve eve yeah. wasn't going to give it freely so mavis learned to just take it mm-hmm. so and we we know that mavis was a con artist and a good trait of a con artist is manipulation so mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. she kind of manipulated slash trained eve that when i'm here i get the attention right Right. Well, there are some personalities that that's just how that has to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because Somerset isn't going to do that, he's not going to take. No. <laughs> no. Like he's not going to be like, oh, okay, well, I don't need your attention. Like that's that's Somerset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Yeah. I get enough attention from the cat. I'm good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. we all know Galahad's love language is number six, food. <laughs> that right? <laughs> that's perceived. Hey, that's my love I mean, language too. If you're Gal- I mean, that could fall into gifts, right? Because right? yeah. he's not making his own food. He has to wait for gifts. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't give gifts. No, I'm picturing no. it like making his own food. He, <laughs> his love language to receive is gifts. Yeah, and gifts and I think that food. is true. Well, gifts of food, but he is not against the little bell or bow or whatever Rourke puts on him in one of the Christmas books. <laughs> he really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. Which is crazy because he's a cat. And he, <laughs> he loves the cat that he got. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Well, can't so. blame him for that. That's a good no. time. That is and a good time. His, his love language to give when he wants to is acts of service towards Eve. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Saving her life from people who want to kill her, honestly. (laughs) Just by being a cat, like (laughs) swapping into the room at the right time. So maybe it's quality time. I think it's quality quality time. time. And that's why that's why Somerset and Galahad are two keys in a pod. Right. Besties. Yeah. Right. They are besties. It all makes sense. Okay. So for Mavis's uh partner Leonardo I have two for gift or excuse me two for give because he is a designer he gives mm-hmm. his designs but you could also argue that that is an act of service similar to how we yeah. argued that Peabody making the mm-hmm. sweater or the scarf for yeah. Eve is right. more of an act mm-hmm. of service right. than a gift yeah right but I also like not only is is his career as a fashion designer and he creates things, but also when I view him at home with his family, he just wants to protect them. Right. And mm-hmm. I view that as an act of service. And so I originally just had yeah. him as acts of service. I was like, well, technically he gives things. Yeah. <laughs> he gives his gift of designing. Right. Right, but I do but think yeah, it's acts right. of service. I think that's yeah. that's it. And because any time that that Eve has gone over there, she's upset and she's you know gone over there for whatever reason. Um, he comes out with a tray of drinks. He's made drinks for them. He's you know set up food for them or whatever you know. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. he he instinctively knows that that's his. That's his job, you know, giving them things, not giving them things, but doing things for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He he likes to be of use. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. That is yep. Leonardo to a T. Right. But I don't have a love language that he likes to receive because he is very similar to... Eve and Somerset where he's just so to himself that I yeah. don't really, I can't read him. So I yeah. don't know what yeah. language he likes to receive. If only Mavis were here, she would know. <laughs> she, would know. she definitely knows. Right. I mean, I'm sure that, 
I'm sure that like there are also just so many like so many people that they just like to receive anything, you know, yeah. that doesn't sound like des like, I'm not mean like desperately, like I'll take but anything no. I can get, but you know, any act of love toward him, I feel like Leonardo would cherish it all in the same way. Like Agreed. I think he would love, he, I'm sure, you know, there, he appreciates like touch and like a hug and, and he appreciates a gift and he appreciates, you know, time spent with his girls and things like that and i i don't know to me i imagine leonardo is the kind of person who just accepts any and all kinds of love um kind of equally but yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. that there's like if that's actually a thing that's just something that it, it doesn't seem like there's one specific thing for him right I think that's a really good assessment and like i said we're not putting anyone in a box they're not defined by two love languages right right also leonardo can't fit in a box anyway right that's true (laughs) he is his personality is larger than life that's why he is married to mavis and And he himself is larger than life he i was gonna say aj (laughs) he's also yes not a he's a gentle giant (laughs) he is Mm -hmm. i just i just had a head cannon come into my head um for halloween uh the family the Leonardo, Mavis, and Bella. Um, let's say it's this year because the corn kid was popular. Do you guys know the corn mm-hmm. kid? Yes. Oh, yes. So Bella can be a piece of corn. Leonardo can be uh, the Jolly Green Giant. And oh I don't God. know what Mavis would be. <laughs> the most flamboyant <laughs> fruit. <laughs> a pineapple. Pineapple, <laughs> pineapple yes. Yeah. I love it. A mango. Feeny. Good old Feeny. Who I I listened to y'all's sorting hat episode right before we got on this call. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to even go further and be like, okay, do their love languages say something about their Hogwarts houses? So Tara, you had said that Feeny and Peabody are the same two Hogwarts houses, but flipped. Peabody's Hufflepuff Gryffindor. Yes. Feeny's Gryffindor Hufflepuff. Yes, like me. Like you. <laughs> and I put Feeney's love language for giving is acts of service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give oh, yeah, me a job to sense. do. Give me a job to do. Right. Right. I mean, half mm-hmm. half the time, like, that's that's the dialogue that he gives us. You know, um, I'm, I'm always sad because obviously Feeney is not as central of a character as he is in the first two books um, because he's not Eve's partner anymore. And that makes me sad because I love him, but now we have Peabody. But every time you interact with Feeney, it's because he is ready to do something to help Eve. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. That being said, I don't know what love language he likes to receive. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Feeney doesn't mind receiving gifts. <laughs> I really think. <laughs> so you say yeah. that literally yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm writing down Sheila. And I'm like Sheila's love language to give is gift giving because she's always making pottery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think she has trained right. Feeney to receive gifts because <laughs> he always <laughs> has something new of Sheila's on his oh, desk. <laughs> yeah. 
like I don't think he expects gifts, but I he definitely appreciates them and is never mad about them. And you know, he's he's much different yeah. about much different about gifts in general than Eve is, which is fun. Yeah, but with their relationship dynamic, he's like, don't bring attention to it. I'm so right. embarrassed. <laughs> Right? Absolutely. We all know it's not tough. Right. And that's why McNabb is the one to tell Eve he really appreciated that. I know he's not going to tell you because that's who Feeney is. I will speak for him. I am his representative. Yeah. I do his representative. That's so true. That's so true. Love it. So we can say that Feeney is good at receiving gifts. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it can be similar where his gift can be quality time. He can really yeah. receive, oh, Eve came into my office. Usually it's for the job, but he likes right. spending time with her. Yeah. Yeah. And work. They and always have some yeah. great banter yeah. every time she comes into yeah. the office, too. Mm-hmm. And they. Yeah chat about we talked about the work and feeny bromance before we love we love it yeah so yeah. much so yes. good well i i quickly while we were talking about feeny i quickly wrote down sheila and right. said mm-hmm. love language mm-hmm. that she gives is gift giving and receiving is quality right. time because that's all we ever hear from yeah. feeny's mm-hmm. you just spend time with my wife oh yeah <laughs> right right yeah I'm not getting my quality. You need time. to spend time with the wife. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Like, yeah. You guys, are, you've seen bad boys, haven't you? Get my quality time. No. <laughs> oh, Martin no, Lawrence and Will Smith. It's a classic. No, I haven't. But I mean, Sorry. I don't see movies. And that's AJ. She doesn't see movies. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I am, am a proverbial um, self-proclaimed fake film student. <laughs> all mm. through film school i was like I, I don't i'm not supposed to be here i don't know who <laughs> wes anderson is yeah yeah i like british actors there's only like 15 of them so i don't have to remember. right yeah <laughs> you don't have to remember a lot of them. yeah it's true it's one of my favorite jokes ever <laughs> <laughs> so i have five more characters Ooh, okay. and i literally just wrote them down yeah. right at the beginning of our call because i was like oh yeah i forget about these people and they may want to talk about them um but i haven't so we're gonna figure out their love languages together okay because okay. i i okay. didn't give any thought to them and i'm sorry because i know some of these characters are some of y'all's favorites so next i have charles He's an enigma to me. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, Charles is acts of service. <laughs> <laughs> to give. Yes. I, I mean, you he's know. giving it all right. <laughs> he he literally went into the service industry. <laughs> so it's giving is it's right i can i can see that and um, i think another trait of access service is sacrifice yeah and mm-hmm. yeah y'all just covered strangers which he mm-hmm. proposes to louise, yeah. louise in, and so he gives yeah. up his uh yeah 
LC career for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he does. I mean, and like we, we have actually witnessed him do the same, like, what can I do? How can I help thing? Um, yes. Envisioned. Right. When he and Louise arrive after Peabody is attacked, you know, yeah. Louise is doing doctor shit because she can do everything. <laughs> um, but Charles needs something to do. And he absolutely is like, this is how I can help. This is what I can do. And that's right. I think that that's how right. that's even worded that this is what we can do to help. So let us do yeah. it, you know? Um, right. But yeah, I think a hundred percent extra service, yeah. <laughs> not just in that way. <laughs> and I was, think- I was thinking that, but I didn't know how to expand on that sure. conclusion. No, I think that worked. Yeah, I think I think Tara did it really well. I mean, did. he 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 is always there, you know, wanting to know what he could yeah. do to help. So, absolutely, yeah. And 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 even the new profession he's going into is a service yeah. based yes, profession. Absolutely. So. But as far as what he likes to receive, I wonder if it's not um, quality time. I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. You know, when when he before he started dating Louise, when he was pseudo dating Peabody and it was, you know, Mm -hmm. the rest of the world thought they were having sex and they were like we're best friends whatever but like he said we talked about this in the last episode even like he said that you know she was his best friend and like the the appreciation of just time spent with a person that is not defined right. is really important mm-hmm. for everyone whether yeah. it's your romantic yeah. partner or a friend but like that to me that indicated that he just appreciated someone who wanted to be around him no matter what right Right. I like that. Same. Yeah. Because the people that, you know, I mean, if he's giving service, he's not getting quality time back from them. Right. Right. And yeah, that might be what drew him mm-hmm. to Peabody. Yeah. She was, she was giving him the quality time that he's really wanting. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. he's does it. Although she's always busy, so I don't know how. Well, I guess you don't have to have, I guess it doesn't have to be a lot of quality time, just some. Yeah. Wasn't there. As long as it's quality. Wasn't there a scene where Eve was like on the street outside of a brownstone and like Louise and Charles were like coming down the sidewalk yeah. on a walk? Yep. Yeah, it was Kindred, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. What are you doing here? So. Which is which was like right after they got married, right? Yeah. 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 Like I haven't read Promises or Kindred in a very long time and I know we're coming up on them. I'm so pleased. Yeah. Those are both rough books. So it's been a while for me too. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, my brain as an actor, it goes, I retain the information and I immediately forget. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> what book is it? And relate. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all, y'all just did uh, strangers, and I'm like, what happens in that book? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. 
Yes, I will be. I will be with theater people, and they're like, "Remember when we did the choreography to blah 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 and the name of the show from like fifteen years ago?" And I'm like, "No, bye. I don't no. know the lines from the last show I did, which closed yesterday." Like, yes. <laughs> we have a short term memory. That is our. That is our strong very part of our brain. Not long term memory. I can still remember my favorite sequence from my fifth grade tap recital. But I couldn't do my entire fifth grade tap recital right now. I couldn't do any of that. (laughs) I don't think I even know any of my lines from the last show that I did. Nope. The show before. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like three weeks ago. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm trying to think. The last show that I did, it was it was actually right before the <laughs> pandemic. I closed a show, and then I it was spring break for school, and I got an email from my school, and they were like, "Spring break is going to be uh, two weeks." I'm like, "Cool!" And then we never came back, <laughs> and then, and it then I graduated. Cool <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I have no school spirit whatsoever. Literally, <laughs> for my for my graduation photos, I dressed up in my Ravenclaw uh, school attire, and I uh, Ravenclaw friends. I'm going to teach you the Ravenclaw gang sign. <laughs> so you make an no. R in sign language. Cross your fingers, like I've. Yep. And then oh, you okay. make a C yeah. with your thumb and those crossed fingers. And it's, and I love it. these are talons with your ring and your pinky finger. <laughs> oh, I love it. Got it. It's a Ravenclaw Eagles. <laughs> that is uh, Tessa amazing. Netting. Tessa Netting for y'all, if y'all want to look her up. She's the proverbial fangirl, and she is also a Ravenclaw. So I literally have uh, – my school's uh, mascot was the Eagles – um, and so I have a picture, uh, in front of our statue with me doing the Ravenclaw gang sign instead I of, I think this is my school's hand sign. I'm like, no, okay. I'm Ravenclaw. <laughs> I don't care. I went to no football games. <laughs> is that a college thing? Having like a hand sign? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first yeah. school that oh, I went I to was Wildcats. So it was a W with yeah. the last three and then a C. I don't think we had that. The school that yeah. I coach at is the Wildcats. Lakers. <laughs> oh. Lakers. <laughs> yeah. And my school was also um, the Eagles. And I didn't go to football games because our football team sucked. So oh, yeah. why bother? Our football team was okay, I but I am a Hermione Granger. And I got so mad one time because there was a football game during the day. And the parking lot that I would park at, because I would commute to school, was full of football goers. Mm. I'm like, this is a school. <laughs> I have to go to class. Yeah. <laughs> you guys suck. I'm going to go to TWU across the street. They don't have a football team. <laughs> I love that. That's hysterical. But anyway, Louise, who is also a Hermione. Yeah, Louise. <laughs> Oh, did we decide what what Charles's to receive is quality time? Yeah, quality time. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. So Louise, Ravenclaw with Louise. 
Uh, I put her give as acts of service too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. apparently yeah. she yeah. can do any medical procedure. Any medical procedure. Yeah. And that's Anywhere. where. <laughs> apparently, she, yeah, apparently she did a residency in every fucking specialty. Yeah, because that's, that's what you can do in the future. I mean, you could, but yeah. she's a little young for that. Definitely what you can do in fiction, though. We don't know <laughs> we what don't she started. No, she could be like a Sheldon Cooper character and like graduated from high true. school at 12. I mean, yeah. maybe. She's Dookie Hauser. She's the, the female version of Dookie Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> but similar to her partner, I don't know what love she likes to receive. Uh-huh. I would say the same, probably. I think, she's a, I think she's a words of affirmation type. Oh, okay. Okay. I can see that. Anybody else have an argument? She likes to talk, but does she like to be talked um, to? Well, I'm, I'm trying to, what would, you know, cause she's obviously from the very beginning, she was attracted to Charles. So right. what, what did Charles give her? Besides that, that the other, that she needed, that the other dates did not give her one date gave her a dead body. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, true. <laughs> yeah. And that's not, she's that's not right. those, I, right. I've done a residency <laughs> in, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with dead bodies. I did a pathology residency, right? Along with surgery and ER and general well, that's med. Why, that's why I was thinking quality time like Charles, because like I can Charles see that too. gave her attention. Right. And yeah. like that's pretty remarkable. She doesn't have much time, so yeah. I, I I imagine she appreciates quality time when she can when have she can time at all yeah you know yeah I can see and, that too. and i think that what she received from charles that she didn't get from those off off page dates was respect for her career yeah yeah right they you know because men um want yeah. attention <laughs> And so they're like, no, right. about me. You can't you can't be more successful than me. You're a woman. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Because unfortunately, right. the, the future will be the same. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't change everything, Tara. Yep. <laughs> I know. Well, clearly Nora was like, huh, well, that won't change. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Wanted to make but it that believable. That can also translate to quality time because. I know. Yeah. Well, ask the people who didn't gonna- get jetpacks how believable it is. <laughs> ask, ask the people who are like, I already, but you told me who the killer was at the beginning. It was the spouse. Yeah, it's realistic. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm sorry that you want to escape from reality. This book is not for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish Amazon had that option. Where we could just like, you know how they're like, is this review helpful or whatever? I want a stamp to be like, this book is not for you. <laughs> it's like, I go through you, you yeah. take a little this quiz. You. You're like, you're like, oh, oh, I'm going on to Amazon. Oh, what's this book about? Well, let me take a little quiz that doesn't give any of the plot away. And then it tells you this book is not for you. <laughs> right. Do you like realism? Yeah. Or do you like escaping from reality? <laughs> this book is yeah, not right. for you. Exactly. But 
I feel like people should be able to discern that on their own, but well, well, clearly, no. clearly they can't. <laughs> clearly not. I think it has something to do with our education system. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Y'all were talking about um, in this past episode, I haven't listened, I haven't finished watching this, or watching, listening to this week's episode, but you're talking about uh, English teachers and the required reading. And oh, mm. yeah. Beowulf sucked, but my teacher mm-hmm. made it interesting. It did suck. Yeah. We didn't it learn sucked. in yeah. English class how to discern if a book is good for us or not. We because we didn't get that option. We right. had to read. Mm. But you had to read certain books because that's the curriculum. Right. Yeah, because that's a curriculum. But teachers hate it. Teachers absolutely hate some of the books they have to teach. Right? They really right. do. I did a whole essay about how uh, comparing Order the Phoenix to 1984, my senior year of high school. I was pretty proud of that. (laughs) Like, I'm using the (laughs) curriculum and I'm incorporating Harry Potter. Yes, I love it. (laughs) I literally, that was my goal my senior year of high school in English. Every project, every essay that we did, I had to incorporate Harry Potter. Oh my God, you're teaching. So, um... I had a professor in college who wouldn't let me give any more speeches on the Beatles after speech number four. (laughs) (laughs) Was it about your, was it about your Sherlock Beatles slash fanfic? (laughs) No, and it wasn't Sherlock Beatles slash. There was slash with Sherlock and Dr. (laughs) (laughs) The Beatles were all perfectly hetero. Thank you very much. <laughs> Even though they definitely were not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Oh, but <laughs> I love him. So much. Oh, I saw him in concert in 2002. Technically, I saw him in concert, but I was in utero. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> love it. Love it. But I love him so much concert. that I have to be like, no, let me have this. I was there. Okay. We'll let you have that. We'll Thank let you, you have that. Babies can listen, hear music. Yeah. We just okay. don't yeah. have cognitive thought. Yeah. So I don't remember right. it. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. there, though. Well, you probably do, but like subconsciously. Subconsciously. Yeah. Subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And as we've talked about before, my older brother attended an actual Beatles concert. Yeah. Um, but uh, then, then we were all pissed off later because we realized we did the math um, and realized that he was like 11. And my mom wouldn't let any of the girls go to concerts until they were at least 16. We were like, oh, really? This is bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> this is bullshit. It is bullshit. <clears throat> Who is next on the list, uh, whatever. Kate? Nadine and I have nothing. I have nothing for the last three people. I have okay. no idea for Nadine. You don't have to new Nadine. I didn't have Nadine. I just didn't want okay. y'all to feel okay. like she was left out. We can skip yeah, Nadine. No, I, we can skip well, Nadine if we want. Yeah, and and people who listen to the show can give us their ideas of what they think. There Nadine's we go. Love I like it. And I I also yes. have just met yeah. Jake and where I am in my read through, so I have no oh, idea yeah. how she interacts right. with him. Yeah, 
okay. to get that. We love your heart. Yeah. I mean, it may be quality time because again, she's another one of those people that don't get it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. And he's probably the same. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. My last two characters are the mirrors because y'all mentioned oh. Dennis and I was like, we got to talk about him. Oh yeah. He's just a snuggle bunny. We love him. Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's physical touch. I think he's a physical touch. Do you think he gives mm-hmm. physical touch or do you think he gives acts of service? Both. Both. Oh yeah. I think I think physical touch. I mean he does he does both. He does acts of service and physical touch. But yeah, no, I think he's a physical touch guy. Yeah. He's a very touchy Not that he's guy. like overly touchy feely. No, no, he's not the creepy he, old, he's he, not the creepy old man that's going around touching everybody. He's just very right, touchy but, but he, the the touch that he does give has meaning. Yeah. Because he's doing it very purposely. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think it's physical touch that he gives. And it may be that that's what he likes I to receive. I think that's what I he don't. receives, too. I think yeah. that's what he receives. But I also think he likes to receive quality time. He really values quality time with his family. With whenever Eve yeah, visits, he, mm-hmm. he's like, "Sit down, yeah. take off your shoes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very true. Yep. Come in here and see the Christmas tree. Let me get you yeah. a drink, and that—that that also <laughs> mm-hmm. is his Have act of service. Have a hat, right? <laughs> so, but you could say how how he serves people is, you need a hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true too. So yeah, yeah, I'd say both. But what about his lovely wife? Okay. Oh. Oh, that's a tough one too. I, I think. Well, if you want to go by Mira's um, profession, then it's um, affirmations. Affirmations. It's, it's, yeah. 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 Uh, you with affirmations or acts of service? I think both. A lot of what, but because she, she's a psychologist, so a lot of what she True. does is has yeah. to do with. Mm-hmm. I I think it's affirmation. Talking to people and getting people to talk to yes. her. Yeah. And and her acts of service you know. is seen through quality time and yeah. talk therapy. Yeah. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <clears throat> definitely. So what does she like to get? What does she like to receive? I. I feel like it's physical touch as well. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I could also see that. I know that like we don't, we don't really see because Eve, you know, we don't see Mira receiving it in the series. Yeah. But there's something about the interactions we do get with her that make me think a hundred percent that she would really love like I don't know just like a hug you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. and that's yeah. one reason why she was with Dennis um you know it's like it's like uncomplicated and gentle and safe and like these are all words that describe Mira and they're all words that describe mm-hmm. a hug I don't know like I, yes that's very like I'm- yeah yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm trying to think in the scene in Brotherhood when Dennis is making the hot chocolate, their daughter is there, correct? Yeah, as yes. well. And I I'm like, so, are yeah. they sitting at like the breakfast table and is she like holding her mom's hand? 
I'm like trying to gleam from the two scenes that I have read. I don't know if there's more with the Mira extended family. And if we, if there's any, like, you know, she's holding the baby or someone's touching her on the shoulder. But I, you know, one of the things that connects Mira and Eve together is that they both experience sexual trauma and, um, Mm -hmm. and sexual trauma is physical. And so the only physical touch that they have received, not the only, in Eve's case, the only growing up and the most formative times, but they have both received physical touch that has been disastrous, harmful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. they're lacking in the, the goodness of physical touch and what right. Right, physical touch can give you. And so I can understand both of them craving physical touch. And Eve would probably, if you told Eve, hey, you're a love language to receive physical touch, she'd probably be like, yeah, I love my husband. (laughs) But you're like, no. (laughs) Like, yeah. When like, you know, Mr. Mira, she's like, no, no. She she has that conflict within her where she – has that battle inside of her but as we can see with Mira who has gone through a similar experience she knows the difference she knows that she's not the monster that her stepfather uh, you know like really like poisoned her mind to think that she is that that trauma does to your brain um and it helps right. that, yeah. you know, she went to school for psychiatry. Studied that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> I mean, that's how I, I that's how I've learned a lot of this stuff is studying psychology. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So those are all my characters. That's everyone I had. Sorry, I didn't have Baxter or Trueheart. That's okay. That's okay. Renee Jenkinson. (laughs) The bullpen. I think we we had more than enough. We're good. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) I just looked and I didn't have your man. That's okay. I didn't have Brian either. I'm really letting my raven close down. Yeah. Yeah, It's okay. No, it's fine. Um, and but you know, overall, this I feel like this is a really fascinating. It was topic. a lot of fun. Yeah, and a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it was um, fun. Like, I, you know, you just said yeah. fun, but like, I thought it was just fun overall to learn about love languages mm-hmm. and then to kind of dive into them without us having to really like. Kate, you came in, you like brought all of your research. And me, I love I love genuine conversation that comes out of learning things. So yeah. I thought the whole process was fun. I'm very weird, yeah, I guess. But it really like, was. The whole thing was just like, okay, we learned a thing. Now we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's usually it like we're we, preparing or we're not for. Yes. <laughs> we did it with fictional characters, so y'all didn't have to be introspective about yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's always yeah. good. And that's that's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun way to learn about things. 
yeah. is through yeah. other avenues that don't necessarily reflect on you, but you can learn yeah. mm-hmm. about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we end the show, um, I would like to go through the fan yes. profile questions. With you. Yes. <laughs> this is my favorite. You can go ahead and start. I have, to, I have to pee a second. But you guys, okay. you guys go ahead and start. Got it. Um, so the first question is your favorite in-death book. New York to Dallas. That's a good one. It's rough. It's a rough one. It is. Um, I, I don't mind the rough ones. Um, I don't know what it is about me that I'm not very affected by them, but I, th- I think it's, it's mainly because I focus more on the character. Like for myself, when I'm reading mm. a book, I'm like, the case is the B plot for me. I'm just waiting. I, okay. I'm going right, right. <laughs> right. to let you know really how, I read, yeah. how I read my books. <laughs> um, I love it. I, for the most part, I've, I go back and forth between digital and physical. If I'm finding myself in a book slump reading digitally, then I will, uh, check them. I check all my books out from the library. Um, I will check out the physical form from the library, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, I do read it digitally on my Kindle and I Mm -hmm. open my new book. I open secrets and I immediately go to the search bar and I search Rourke. And I read all the scenes with him. <laughs> and then I do it with McNabb. Huh. And I read all the scenes with him. And now I'm ready to... Now I have my A plot that I'm working towards as I go through the case. <laughs> That's mean, funny. I, I have something to look forward to <laughs> for me. Because I'm like, right. okay, right. we get it. She killed him. Like, that's how I felt about Thankless. I can yeah. understand those reviewers that were like, oh my gosh, we know who the killer is. Like, how long is it going to take yeah. Eve? And I'm like, when are we getting to the award? Right. I know that scene is in this book. When is the family yeah. coming into town? I know that scene is in this book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So besides even Rourke, who is your favorite in-death character? McNabb. Yeah, he's very. We still have to do our McNabb is underrated. Yes. Episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's coming. You have Feeny, Tara. You have Brian, AJ, Jen mm-hmm. has Baxter. I have McNabb. Baxter. Yeah. See, I actually don't have Feeny because Feeny is my favorite character. <laughs> McNabb is also my underrated. Um, yeah, Feeny and Peabody mm-hmm. are on the exact same level for me. If you are Eve's partner. You're probably my favorite character. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've always like, I've always just been like, McNabb is so fucking underrated. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and now that we're later in the series, I just want more Feeny. But I don't think he's underrated. Right. I think he is exactly what he should be, um, except for not Agreed. on the page enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so fucking funny. Like, yeah, you he's, know? he's hilarious. He's great. I will say for Feeney, when y'all were doing the casting, uh, that mm-hmm. casting episode, I, okay, I'm going to look up his name. Um, because I am a police procedural <laughs> uh, connoisseur, I have probably watched okay. every police procedural you can come up with. Um, but I have always pictured, um, 
I'm just going to look it up because the name is is gone. I'm like, can't you guys read my brain? Like his face is right here. <laughs> what show? What show? I think it's Zoe and Isles. Oh, okay. Which you don't that like one. that show, <laughs> Jen? <laughs> I like it. I just never really watched it. It's um, he was in MacGyver. Richard Dean Anderson? No, not, I would know Richard Dean Anderson. Okay, I watched Stargate. <laughs> Bruce McGill? Yes, Bruce McGill. Vince. Oh, Detective. Okay. Um, Corsac. Um, I always picture okay. Okay. Bruce McGill as Feeney. Well, my oh. pick died, so. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It won't work. Sadly. Oh, sorry, Jen. It's okay. I mean, who's. Oh, mine's mine's oh. still alive and he's still available to work. <laughs> so. Um. Okay, so not counting any in-death books, what was the last book you read? It's not a book. It's fan fiction. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I am reading this uh, series by the author uh, Chez Che. It's C-H-E-Z Chuckles. So is it sh- like Shea Castle? Shea. Shea Chuckles. Yeah, Hi, I Laura. Would- we know each other personally. <laughs> Um, I'm reading her series and it's a castle fan fiction where she's an incredible writer. She has some, um, I'm going to have to look up her, uh, last name. Um, but she does have some of her own self-published, um, books. Um, but it's a series that she did where she put, castle as a cia spy oh so it's an alternate okay, universe it is oh, I love so yeah good i love it and yeah. i'm in a reading slump right now um so i'm just reading things that are familiar to me i've been, so. I've been reading a lot of fan fiction I, I am so, yeah so i'm the same yeah. way god i keep knocking yeah. my table over Oops. because you know i'm reading <laughs> things for podcasts and that's all i do right um, yeah. right yeah that's that series. So the original series uh, is Close Encounters, and she plays okay. off of uh, James Bond titles. Oh, each mm. uh, uh, edition of the series right. is a play on a James Bond title. But then she has a spinoff of that original series that she just calls Army Castle, where you meet him and he says that he is a soldier, but that's just his cover because okay. he's a spy. Um, and it, right. it basically, it's a spinoff of a conversation that he and Beckett have um, in the original series where, oh, what yeah. if we had met not at the time that we had met, but earlier. And so right. she took mm-hmm. that plot and was like, I'm going to make a whole other series. <laughs> I love that. That's great. There I'll you go. That up. Um, okay, so number four is you could say that in the in-death world, Rourke has a monopoly on several things. When you play Monopoly, what piece do you choose? I've only played Monopoly once. And so mm-hmm. I don't know the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> funny <laughs> okay so you don't have a favorite piece and that's a legitimate that's legit answer yeah <laughs> yeah i um 
It's okay. I know no, that there's fine. a Scotty dog and I like animals, so. There so, you go. So the Scotty dog. We know from Immortal that Rourke sings in the shower. Do you sing in the shower? Yes. Um, I will also let you in on, I sing Let It Go. <laughs> Ending my showers. <laughs> Um. <laughs> and mostly I have it because I don't know the words, but it's just like for me to like track time. Oh, that's hey, huh? It works. Interesting. I implement. Um, there's a scientific name for it. You might know it, Jen. But I implement cold showers uh, to mm. like reset my body, reset yeah, my brain chemistry, and so at, yeah. I end all of my showers really cold. And I'm like, let it go. It's not cold. I'm doing this for my health. <laughs> Love it. That sounds awful. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I forget I the name, never but I know that. what you're talking about. I could never do that. Me no. either. <laughs> God bless <No>. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so number six is what gadget from the in-death world would you most want to have today? The uh, dryer that Eve uses in the bathroom because I hate water. (laughs) I I hate being wet. (laughs) That's different from hating water. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I hate water. (laughs) Fuck water. Well, I also like, I would never go on a cruise. Okay. I hate the beach. Oh, see, I love the beach. Yeah. But put me in the mountains anytime. Okay, fair enough. Well, I would never go on a cruise because I feel like that seems claustrophobic to me. Oh, like, see, I, don't, I love boats. I don't want to be stuck on boats. a boat. Love boats. Yeah, <clears throat> that doesn't seem good. I want a yacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can <laughs> play yacht rock. I can play yacht rock. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I, wanted a, I wanted a yacht longer than I even knew about yacht rock, but I would definitely incorporate yacht rock into it now. Good. Um. So, what is your most controversial opinion? Do I want to share this one? <laughs> This was the first one that yeah. came to my head. I think that uh-huh. people need to uh, be approved to procreate. 100%. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah. I'm, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that would have yeah, been Definitely wrong. if there was a way to, yeah. you know, not sterilize people, but oh, no, to just stop not. that process. You just have to, you know how you have to like take a test to become a citizen of this country? Right. Right. You have to take or a test. A car. Or to drive a car. Or, you have to take a test yeah. to be like, are you fit to be a parent? Yeah. Because there like is it. also right. like, yeah, sure. You can have a baby and give it up for adoption. But there is trauma that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Even if that yes, child did sir. not yeah. know their biological parent and there's trauma to the biological parent as well. Yeah. Right. Yes. Which I, uh, that's the reason why I I don't, I don't like that as a, you know, um, counter to the abortion issue. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you can just have it and give it up for adoption. Yeah. 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 That is traumatic for everyone involved. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even even if you are adopted into a lovely, loving family, like that is. Yes. Yes. There yeah. is genetics, yeah. there is DNA, there yeah. 
there is stuff we don't know about still about the human connection that is at play. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, all right. We're with you there. Yeah. 100%. Um, So number eight, Rourke has an unusual collection of weapons of war. What unusual collection do you have? I don't know if I would consider it an unusual collection, but I've been collecting stickers, uh, I don't know, since I was maybe like three. I didn't bring my water bottle in here, but it has stickers all over it. I just moved into (laughs) this room, and so I have nothing in here. (laughs) Um, But I just recently, I would say this year, this past year, have also been collecting magnets as a way to remember things yeah like love that. magnets and stickers yeah and they don't take they up a lot of space. space yeah yeah they don't you know and especially if you just you put a lot of them on your you know refrigerator then mm-hmm. i don't know so um number nine is occasionally Evil allowed Peabody's to stop for food, and more often than not, that is some sort of hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich? So my answer to this is yes, only because I listened to a podcast by two chefs, and there might be more, but it's mainly Nicole mm-hmm. and, oh my gosh, Josh. Um, and their podcast is called A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. Yeah, I've seen that podcast. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing wait ever. a minute wait wait is that the guy that got <laughs> that went off on people that didn't like cilantro I, on one of their episodes they might have been it might have been i don't know you're asking you're asking a person who has short-term memory and in and out <laughs> yeah don't ask me what i had for breakfast yeah, because that's literally that's literally a genetic and scientific thing. Like some people cannot yes. stand the, t- the taste of cilantro. And I love it personally, but there are a lot of people that just, they think it tastes like dirt or soap I'm, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm almost positive it was that same podcast because I, I'm not saying I, they're um, perfect. Listen to the hot dog is a sandwich episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm not you saying they're not controversial. People that didn't like cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with their opinion on hot dogs. I'm but, saying I have no yeah. opinion, so I refer to these two chefs that I listened to. Okay. <laughs> You're, I chefs. have no opinion, and okay. I just refuse yeah. to answer that question. So I mean, you, you choose yeah. to be Good Switzerland. Yeah. She's Switzerland. She's Switzerland. Her, Switzerland, Switzerland about yes. this since the first time we asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on to the next question. Um, I had to figure out a better way to say this question, but um, looking back on your experiences of 2020, what lesson did you take away from that? So uh, my experience was a bit, I would say it's a bit different than what the collective experienced because I was still in school. And Mm -hmm. so it just switched to virtual and not mm-hmm. much changed for me. Um, yeah. But this, this last year, I would say 2022 was my 2020. And what oh, yeah. I have learned is to slow down and take your time. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. I like that. 
go at your own yeah. pace. So the next question is, if Mira's playlist contains some songs by Mavis Freestone, some people might be surprised. What band or artist would people be most surprised to find on your playlist? What would people be surprised to find on my playlist? I don't know. I'm pretty open. I feel like if if like my friends, I was like, oh, yeah, I listen to like Hindi music or what have you. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you listen to Arabic music? Okay, yeah, that sounds like Kate. Um, but I'm like, kind of like, (laughs) I'm like trying to like go. I had a hard time with this one too, because yeah, I'm very, I've got very eclectic music taste. So I I was like, everyone knows exactly what I listen to. Yeah. I'm like, people would not be surprised that I listen to musical theater. People would not be surprised that I listen to Spanish music. People would not be surprised that I listen to movie scores. Well, we're talking about band or artist. So you know what? Okay. My friend made this playlist. He makes playlists for each uh, star sign. Um, and I'm a mm-hmm. Scorpio. And so I listened to the Scorpio playlist that he made. And I enjoyed all of the songs. And I'm like, if my mother heard me listening to Lizzo, <laughs> she would be like, what? <laughs> or Megan <laughs> Thee Stallion. And I was like, oh, yes. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Icon. Yeah, I think people would be surprised that I like Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> and it's not that there I seek go. her out. It's just like, oh, it came up on a playlist. This is good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. So the last question is, besides podcasts and death, what is your favorite podcast? I have a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I drive for work. And so um, listening to podcasts uh, keeps me company. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me look at my podcasts. Um, I will give a shout out to my friend, Krista, who has her own podcast. It's called color outside the lines. Uh, she's a mindset, uh, life coach and, uh, energy healing coach. Uh, oh, and oh. she is super cool. She was also my theater mentor. So okay. she was the one that got me into theater. Um, cool. so hers is called color outside the lines. Um, I, I love podcasts that, have to do with conversation and that's why I love y'all's podcast so I also listen to popcorn culture which are two brothers Jay and Ben Carlin they have a YouTube channel called the super Carlin brothers and their podcast is more of just like I brought this to the table to talk about so I see you in your notes Jay that you have frogs and they just talk about random stuff um this might get weird is mm-hmm. also a podcast I listen to with uh, Mamrie Hart and Grace Helbig. They're two female comedians that started on YouTube. And then a new one that I'm listening to is Favorite Cheese, Ooh. which if you like cheese, hmm. love cheese. it's fun. It's <laughs> husband and wife comedians, Lee Newton and Andrew Delman. And they have a whole, like, what are you fondue of? I can and bear this. Oh, my God. And And then the last one that I just started listening to is funny because it's true with Elise Myers. If y'all know her from TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to her a lot. So, so yeah. So, so that's the last of our fan profile questions. So I guess that's, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. All right. So we all want to thank you so much for for coming on the episode with us. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. 
Yeah, it was really fun. It was a really interesting topic. Yep. Yeah. Down again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we still have to talk about my main squeeze. Again. The injustice <laughs> yeah. of Ian McNabb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we, we've been saying we topic. need to do that yeah, episode for, sure. for so long. So once yeah. we get to that point, yeah, I'll let you know. And You should definitely you know, do that for that. Again. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. We appreciate oh, it. So yes, fun. Thanks Thank for coming. You. Appreciate y'all. Okay. Happy podcasting. Have a good one. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Happy <laughs> holidays. All right. Yeah, happy holidays to you. All right. Well, that was that was so that fun. Was extremely fun. That, that that's going to be a great oh, episode. It's going to be so it good. Really yeah. She's a lot yeah. longer than I thought it would be. But yeah. Yeah. Well, because we can't couldn't shut up. Well, yeah. Um, what? Us? Part for the course. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> we never do that. Okay, so just <clears throat> a really quick podcast business. Okay. We do have one new patron. Yay! And let me look that up. Our new patron is Beth Tolbert. Oh, okay. Who I think is a Thanks, new... I think she's in our Facebook group. Okay. Thank you, Beth. I'm pretty sure. Thank you, Beth. Uh, So, yeah, thank you so much, Beth. We really, really appreciate your patronage. We do. Um, Other than that, I think that's that's all I have as far as... Does anything come up on social media that you really need to talk about? Mm, No, I don't think so. so. Nothing. More hot dog posts, of course. Yeah. We're all of us, I think, very occupied with getting ready for the holidays and all that kind of thing. When you all listen to this episode, it's going to be Christmas Eve. So, um, you know, Merry Christmas to you if you celebrate Christmas. Um, Hopefully your Christmas is a good one this year. Yes. And, um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening this year. Yes. Yeah, thank Thanks you guys. So much. Appreciate it. I mean, you get another yeah, one. We really what, they get one more episode this year, though. They get one on New Year's Eve. Right. Yeah. Right. So next episode, we're going to talk about parties and death. Yes. So all of the parties that were celebrated and our our favorite um, moments, yes. our favorite party moments. So if you are listening to this and you have a favorite party moment, and it's before December, uh, well, actually, we're doing that episode in a couple of days. Yeah. So yeah. You don't have. So never mind. Oh, never mind. We'll, we'll throw something in the Facebook group and the right. Discord. Yeah. So yeah, definitely comment in the so Facebook group. So call us out if we didn't and, when you listen to this. Episode. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Give us your thoughts, even if if you know we've already recorded the episode by you know going on any of our social medias. Look for podcast and death. Awesome. Um, go to our website www.podcastanddeath.com. Send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com, or you can call the number. Number is 205-476-2753. And that spells out 405-2... What? What is the number? 205-4-Rourke. Yay. It's right here. I'm looking right at it. I can't even say the number. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, yeah. guys. And um, we'll see you next week. So, see you next so week. Podcast and death. This is AJ. I'm Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcasts in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slotchity. Yeah.